Love is uncomfortable. A good way to start today. Not where I'm going, but thank you, Brother Zach. I want to address, attack, answer, and encourage some of your thoughts this morning with this particular psalm. If it sounds like I'm speaking directly to you, talking specifically about you, I am. I'm not thinking about you, but if in your mind you think he's talking about me, then that's a sign that you should probably pay attention to God's word. The more defensive you get, the more you should pay attention. Please turn to Psalm 139. A beautiful psalm, a relationship with God. Amen. And thank you to the two brothers on September 23rd, 2012, and January 24th, 2016, that presented the psalm before me. The Lord gives different men different personalities, and they can present the same thing in different ways. And I thank the Lord for that. Psalm 139, read with me. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and hast laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Amen. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. That's right. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Mm-hmm. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Amen. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Mine substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them... They are more in number than the sand when I awake. I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I grieved with them that rise up against thee. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let's jump right in. The first two verses. Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. God knows you. God knows specifically where you are right now. He knows your downs and your your lows and your highs in every aspect of life. Take comfort. God knows your tendencies and your personality. If you're melancholy, he knows when you're down. He knows when you're high. He can take comfort with you. He can encourage you when you need it. He knows exactly where you are. And every action in your life, know that the Lord put it there, knowing your personality and what you need. Take comfort. God knows your situation in life. There are two great examples in Scripture. A widow with two mites that gave more than anyone else, any of the rich people around her. And then Zacchaeus, who was rich, but gave to the Lord a humble heart and what he had. The Lord knows where you are in life, if you are low or if you are high in this physical world. And he can take the the offering you give him knowing that. 
and it'll be even more precious to him. And take comfort. God knows your current relationship with him. If you're high in your relationship with God, if you're on fire, he knows it. He's not like other friends where you're not sure where you stand with them. God knows. If you're loving him, how awesome is that? You're in beautiful relationship with God. He knows that, and he will dwell with you. How can you take comfort if you're low in your relationship with God? Well, first, you shouldn't. You should repent. You should be scared. But then, take comfort, because God knows where you are, and he's still letting you hear this. He's still letting you hear his word. He's still chastening you. And if you just reach up your hand, he will grab you. He knows where you are, and he can lift you up out of the miry clay. Next few verses. Thou compassest my path and my lying down. Thou art acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but, Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Having compassed you, God knows every aspect of you. He knows your strengths and your weaknesses. So you should listen to his guidelines. The God that perfectly knows you perfectly chose the parents he gave you and the counselors he gave you. So trust them. If you're going to pray to God to protect you, if you're going to pray to God for more truth, then listen to those he puts in your lives. Don't resist correction that elicits an emotional response from you. The more emotional you get, the more you should humble yourself and listen. Because of his knowledge of you, there is no one more suited to defend you. The most dangerous positions are the front and the back of a group. But someone can surprise you from the front, someone can ambush you from behind. The Lord besets you in front of you and behind you. Trust in him. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Do you ever tell God this? Do you ever say this to him? When your mind is blown, glorify God. Right now it's talking about his love to you. But you can apply this to any aspect of life. Uh, With people, if someone cuts in front of you on the road, don't don't get angry. Glorify God. God perfectly understands that person. And he knows exactly what they're going through. And you could say, thank you, Lord. You know what's going on in that person's life, and that's awesome. I can't understand people, but you can. Uh, <laughs> with calculus, quantum physics, school, if you're having a terrible day, I, I know how you feel. <laughs> God not only understands calculus and quantum physics perfectly, he created it. And he hid it from men for thousands of years and reveals a little bit at a time yes. so that they can feel smart. <clears throat> Glorify God. And, th- and then study, but <laughs> just choose to glorify God when your mind's blown and let him know. Don't be too proud. The God's the creator of the universe. If you're too proud to tell him that he's blown your mind, come and talk to someone. I'll try to graciously show you where you're wrong. <clears throat> Next few verses. Whither shall I go from my spirit? Whither shall I flee from my presence? If I ascend into heaven, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Beautiful language depicting God's personal presence with you. Yes. He's omnipresent everywhere. He can see everything but personal to you. Wherever you are, yes. if you feel like you're in the depths of hell, God is there. Right. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Yes. Surely the darkness shall cover me is another way of saying, uh, I'm slipping, my strength is gone, there's no hope, I'm scared, there's darkness. Thoughts of despair. Darkness, not knowing, the lurking of danger, this is nothing to God because he does not experience it. He cannot experience darkness, the lack of knowledge, or fear. Now, if his, friend is in front of, if his hand is in front of you and around you, he holds you in his hand, and he's behind you, and he knows everything, there's no darkness to him, when you perceive darkness, why should you fear? Since you know that the God sees, uh, that sees everything is around you and protecting you. Now, really quick, reasons bad things happen to Christians. This is glorious truth. It's beautiful that we can understand this because when bad things happen, we don't have to doubt God. 
He's shown us in Scripture. It's for his glory. Why was the man born blind? For God's glory. It's for the trying and purifying of faith that we can come forth as gold, the chastening of sin, the consequences of foolishness. And there's one more that's hidden in, between the, uh, in that second one. Not only does God give you the grace for trials and temptations, but perhaps he specifically chooses you to endure the temptation because he has equipped you with the personality or experience to transfer the lesson learned to others without them having to experience the same thing. There may be someone going through what you have gone through. Now think about what David does here. He doesn't say it. You have to think about his perspective. After being low, after being in darkness, what does he do? He encourages God's children. He writes it in a book and tells others about it. Don't be selfish and keep all your failures or lessons learned or trials that you've passed through to yourself. Be vulnerable. Who knows if you might be the only one who can tell if someone needs to hear what you can tell them or if you're the only one who through God's providence can help them. If you remain silent, they may have to go through what you've gone through unnecessarily. Maybe you've fallen 70 times to a temptation or a sin or a fault and then you've overcome. Maybe your brother's on their 60th time falling, and they think because of the verse that they're going to tell themselves, a righteous man falls seven times, I've fallen way more than seven times, I can't get back up. You can tell them that they can still overcome, and they can overcome that sin and conquer. You have a special, you have a special privilege and opportunity to encourage a brother and sister in God. Next few verses. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Uh, First, um, have you ever thought about the souls of unborn children? I want you to take comfort, parents with lost children, that God knew them before you did, and he has their members written in his book. Amen. And nothing can keep God from bringing his elect children to him. Amen. And take comfort that the mass murder that's happened in America called pro-choice does not steal any of the Lord's elect from him. Right. But he collects all his children and they're in heaven praising him right now. Amen. Second, on a much more carnal note, I want to attack selfish thoughts. If you ever complain, generally the rule is you're sinning. Differences, there's a difference between mourning over sin and complaining. Understand that you're wise enough to feel that. We live in prosperity, so we gradually complain about more and more insignificant things. A huge internal complaint in America is body image and uh, body capability. Two quick things. If you can fix what you complain about with effort, you have no right to complain and get to work. If you are working, complaint is only an effort to draw attention to yourself. If you're not going to work on it, complaining is mindlessly trying to gain the sympathy of others. Stop. Praise God. More seriously, if you can't fix what you complain about, God fearfully and wonderfully made you. Amen. You have no right to complain. Doing so is not just doubting God. It's criticizing his sovereignty. You have been given a special opportunity to praise God in a way that others can't do. Choose instead to glorify God for his mercy and see how you can use whatever perceived def- um, deformity you have to glorify God. Amen. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them... They are more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I am still with thee. It's not a dream. You can dream about God's goodness and wake up, and he's still, he's still just as good. Yes, amen. Surely, changing, changing tone a little bit, surely, God, thou wilt slay the wicked. Depart from me, bloody men. Hatred against the wicked. Skipping down, I hate them with perfect hatred. How are your thoughts of the Lord's enemies? There are two ditches, like there are in every truth, and I want to attack both of them. 
One side ignores God's wrath and ensures people living in sin that God could never hate them. They find every excuse to send people to heaven. The other side sees it as their duty to actively and openly hate everyone that's an unbeliever. I don't want anyone to be confused with what I'm saying. Hatred of God's enemies is good. Amen. Finding verses to justify personal hatred is evil. Right. Defending God and his truth is very good. Foolishly driving others away from the truth through hatred can lead away God's tender, unconverted elect. Our religion is one of love with brethren. Just be wise. Hate God's enemies, but love his that might be unconverted elect looking for his truth. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. If you hate wicked men, hate the wickedness in your heart more. Amen. Eliminate double standards, which is judging others more strictly than yourselves. If you hate wickedness and then leave some in your heart, don't think you're going to escape God's judgment. Now, what do you think of prayer? You need one-on-one -on -one time with God when you are completely vulnerable with him. I'm very thankful to hear men get up here and pray, but I want you to know something about all those men that you see get up here and pray. It's different up here when you're in front of people. Not because, not because they're putting on a face, but because you can't be as vulnerable in front of a group as you are with God. For those of you younger in the faith, I want you to realize that those same men up here pray very personal prayers to God when they're alone, talking one-on-one -on -one with him. And those that are, of you that are young in faith, I want you to be vulnerable with God. I want you to tell him everything in your heart. Tell, ask him to search you. You should pray to God to show you the truth and then humbly accept it when it's given. The things we need to hear are often blocked by how much we don't want to hear them. If you're going to pray to God to search you, be open and ready when he does show them to you. We pray for our pastor to pull down strongholds and the vain imaginations of our heart from 2 Corinthians 10. So don't fight when he identifies it in your heart. If scripture is pushing against something in your heart, saying this is a stronghold, don't push back and say, I've justified this with other verses. This isn't a sin. I don't need to fix this. If you fight to justify, once again, that's a signal that you should objectively observe what was just heard and then identify that and attack it in your heart. Don't let an attack on your pride stifle spiritual development. We're going to sing What a Friend We Have in Jesus in a little bit um, because if you're walking with him, if you have that friendship with him, you see God clearly. And you need to know that you're not going to be alone. God is always with you. And I want you to think we are to be like Jesus Christ. Yes. The best way we can be a good friend to someone is reminding them what a friend they have in Jesus. Right. And then trying to be a friend. Right. Take comfort. The Bible has answers to all your thoughts if you listen. Amen. Take comfort. You are not a slave to sin and sinful thoughts. And God will help you overcome them. And take comfort. This God and friend compasses all your ways and will bring you closer to him if you draw nigh to him. May the Lord be praised. Amen.